This radio program is PG-13. Parents strongly caution some material may be inappropriate for children under the age of 13. Send me Jesus' mission was to comfort those who mourn, bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to captives, and open prison doors for those who are bound. For those who want more than status quo Christianity has to offer, Blazing Grace Radio begins now. And here is your host, Mike Janung. Hey, Mike Janung here, and welcome back to Blazing Grace Radio. Glad to have you along. Got an announcement later this month. I will be releasing my second book of the Rogue Christian series entitled The Way of the Rogue Christian, Living a Life That Counts for Eternity. So this takes everything that you might have read about in the Rogue Christian and takes it to a whole nother level on how you can make your life, you can live your life in a way that counts for eternity. And um, I'm not going to get into a lot of it right now, but I will tell you that there are plenty of challenges in there to have a passionate love relationship with the Lord and a passionate prayer life and bringing prayer back into the church. And But today, we're going to talk to a man who's had his own struggle with porn addiction. And as you know, a part of what we do here is try to open up the porn epidemic in the church and equip God's people for what breaking free looks like, how God changes lives, and we don't do this by ignoring the issue or trying to bury it into a hole. We do this by opening it wide open and helping people and showing them what the path to recovery looks like. So last month, I spoke at Northwest, Northwest Christian School at the north side of Phoenix. I met this guy named Ricardo. Hi. And I have Ricardo here with me. And Ricardo, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. So I'm just going to open it up. Go ahead and share your story and have at it. All right. My testimony in a nutshell is that I was uh, molested by homosexual men, by pedophile men, uh, at a very young age. Um, it started, I don't know, maybe at age five. I do know that by age eight, I have been to a lot of uh, orgies. Um, they have done sexual stuff to me. And um, and so my mind was a, a mess, right? I, I tried to tell my mother what was happening. Um, she dismissed it with a little bit of a laugh and not believing the child. And, of course, I created a wall of you don't tell anybody to any, about anything, especially sexual, right? So I tried to live my life uh, like that. Um, as I grew up, as a teenager now, I have my own desires, my own sexual desires, but I was very twisted. My mind was just always in the wrong track. I, was, uh, I seeked a lot of homosexual sex, too. Not because I felt like I was a homosexual, because I don't, I never even thought up to this day that I have a same-sex attraction, what is called nowadays. But I, regardless of that, I fell over and over back for homosexual uh, activity, and uh, and of course pornography, watching pornography all of the time. As soon as I figure out pornography, that was it. You know, every day watch it, masturbate, um, and and that was my life for many many years. Uh, then I acted out my sexual fantasies, and I was uh, very promiscuous. Uh, 
sexual deviant. And uh, with men, with men and with women, mostly with women, um, I still seeked out um, homosexual activity. In a weird way, I think um, a part of me still had this stronghold. I didn't like men, but that didn't stop me from seeking that out. It may not make sense to some of the listeners, and I apologize. You will have to come and talk to me a little bit more in depth. But um, so that was me. Um, and then, of course, I got married, met my wife. We were not believers. And you figure, well, once you get married, this thing about pornography and masturbation is going to disappear, right? We all know that because once you get married, you have a lot of sex, and you don't need that anymore. Wrong. Of course, that's a lie. That's the biggest lie. And, of course, it followed me through the marriage. How old were you when you got married? Oh, 30. 34. 34. Yeah, I was in my 30s. And, of course, my wife found out. She told me about it. It's like, hey, in a nice way, no, this is not okay. I was like, okay, I won't do it again. But I did. She found out again and again and again. I think it was the fourth time when she finally packed my bags. And she told me, you know, you need to leave. That's it. We're, we're done. And, and the saddest thing about that last encounter, and I'm trying to condense everything in years into just a few minutes, that morning, I tell my brothers in my group, um, I had the best sex of my life with my wife. It was amazing. We had great sex. She initiated it. She wanted it, and she told me, we're going to have more of that later today. I was like, yeah, baby, it's going to be awesome. She had to step out of the house with the kids to run an errand. And you know what I did within just a few minutes? I went back to the computer. I turned on the porn. I masturbated. Why? I, I was just... I, I cannot tell you to this day why the obsession, the addiction is tremendous. Well, um, she did find out that day because I left the telltale and she she saw that. That's when she pulled out my bags and said, you, you're living mm. because it wasn't fair to her. You know, I was like I begged. I told, you know, please uh, give me another chance, you know, because I believe that she was definitely done with me. Uh, Unrelated to all this, at that time, we our church had a split, and we had to go to a different church. And we go to this church, um, and they had a bulletin group for men that are seeking freedom from pornography. And I was like, wow, we, I've never even seen the word pornography written in a church. Mm. God bless this church. This church absolutely saved me. Can I say the name of the church? Calvary Phoenix. Sure. Calvary Phoenix, Mark Martin's church. Amazing. I-17 between Cactus and Thunderbird. Right there in the bulletin. Hey, there's a, men, a group for men that are seeking freedom. And my wife said, you better go to this. And I was like, yep. So and were you guys believers at this time? Yes, we were believers at this time. Um, I was working in my fourth year as a believer. Mm. I, when I accepted Christ, I started feeling that what I was doing was wrong. Now I know it was the Holy Spirit warning me, telling me, no, you shouldn't be doing this. But I did ignore him. I ignored the Holy Spirit every day, every time. And I kept going for it. And, and even at some point in my life, I was doing what is called controlled masturbation. You know, uh, I hear this term in my groups very often because I, I chose to not watch porn, just mm. soft porn. Now, it's not really triple X, so it's not so bad. And you still do this less often than you want to, but you still do it. And you're still just addicted. You can try to justify everything. I justified everything. I'm a big debater in my head. For everything, you know, I debated with God all the time. I told Him, "Please, I want to keep this one thing. I, you know, I serve You in every other way in my life, but I want to keep this one little secret. That's my secret." Well, the secret God did not agree with that. By the way, mm. <laughs> he, he never. I, I agree with my head, but uh, He never agreed to this. 
So that one, that last time, um, she found out. My bags are packed. She gave me another chance. We go to this new church. We see in the bulletin, group for men seeking freedom from pornography. How did she find out? Oh, we just showed up to that church because our we. No, no, we, I mean, how did she find the last acting out with porn? Oh, I left the telltale signs in the computer. You know, she, I left uh, the cash. Yeah, I left the <laughs> the telltale signs that you use the computer in a non godly way. Mm. I don't want. I don't know if I should go into the details, but I, I did leave one sign. So when she saw that in the computer desk, she was like, "What did you do?" And I had to come clean, you know. So she found out. She told I was red-handed, mm. and my wife told me, "You better go to this group." And you know, I did show up. Uh, I can tell you the date actually was uh, <laughs> uh, was fifteen and a half years ago. Wow. Exactly, to, almost to the date. Um, I showed up to this group of men. Now we call it Revive Forty. Uh, at that time, we only call a group of guys, but now it's a, it's a large organization, and uh, we have many groups, and we deal specifically with this. For me, the biggest thing, I, I was already a Christian for four years, and I was still acting out. I tried to read the Bible every day, try to see what the Bible had to say about it. I tried to read books about it, but I was still acting out. For me, the biggest aha moment is when I showed up to this group, which was a very embarrassing thing. I did not want to do it. I tell to this day, my wife sent me to this group, mm. which now I run one of the, the meetings, the Wednesday night meeting on, at Calvary Church, room 209 at 6.30 p.m. If anybody wants to come join us, we're always open. Uh, and um, so, um, gosh, I lost my train of thought for a second. Aha I showed moment. Up, aha moment. Yeah, I showed up to this group, and I, we sat in this round table, and I started listening from other men, other Christian men. And they started saying testimonies, which I just kind of gave you a, a little, in a nutshell, my testimony. But I thought my testimony was the most unique testimony in the world. I was wrong. When I started listening to the testimony of man after man after man, and then my time came, I was just bawling. I was like, I've done everything. Everything everybody shared, I've done it. I've been there. And I finally made a commitment to God to help me. And uh, he impressed my heart, you know, you don't have it because you don't ask. And I never asked. And I asked him specifically the next morning. This is the next morning for purity. I asked him, help me remain sober today. And that, that was my first day. As of today, it's been 15 years, almost 15 and a half years. And I'm committed to this purity and sobriety. Uh, over time, of course, now I'm running the same group that I was once the new guy. Now I'm running the group. I'm the campus coach. Um, and that's, uh, that's where I'm at right now. My, my biggest passion is uh, to help other men to really be set free from pornography, from this sex addiction, because I think we're ignoring it. And I think it's Satan's favorite toy. He's, I could not be as close to Jesus Christ if I was still acting out. This spirit has given me the clarity. Purity gives you some sort of new clarity. And only after years of really real sobriety, that's when you start getting like, oh, my gosh. So this has been a, a process, of course. I'm not saying I'm all there. Uh, my thoughts sometimes betrayed me, you know. Uh, but it doesn't matter that sometimes thoughts come to my mind of things that I shouldn't do. I don't do them. I have learned over time to keep those thoughts captive to Jesus Christ, to right away not give him a second thought and to not act out in any Deviant ways. And you know what? Through this purity, God has helped me in so many other ways in my life. It's, it's pretty incredible. So I would like to tell to other men, if you relate in any way to this uh, addiction, and uh, 
the classic answer that I get from many men because I approach a lot of men every day. That's, this is my, my ministry is one-on-one. Hey, uh, so do you have a problem with this? Oh, no, I don't. Oh, so may I ask you a question? When is the last time you acted up? When is the last time you watched porn and masturbated and you didn't tell your wife? You mind me ask? Oh, come on, Ricardo. You really asking me that question? It's like, yeah. Do you mind telling me? Well, three months ago. Oh, okay. So and how often do you do this? I mean, every three months? Uh, every other month. Oh, okay. So you do it six times a year? Yeah. Well, what do you think? Should you tell your wife about this six times a year? For how many years? How, how many years have you been married? Oh, 10 years. So we keep batting, you know. I, I'm just trying to show these brothers, like, even if it's not as pervasive as you may think, if you're still doing it, you're still an addict. And you don't need to be as depraved as I was and as sexually active as I was, but even a little bit. I don't know. What do you think is I, – I, I ask him, what do you think is the standard that God has for us regarding this? Is it once a year, is that enough? I mean, once a year, you're okay? Or is the standard that God has set for us is none? Don't do it. To me, I think clearly in the Bible, it's like, I don't think so. I don't think he wants you to do it at all. I think he wants your absolute sobriety. And we need to remain pure as best as we can. But I could not do this without going to a men's group. I go to this men's group, and we take off our faces, the face mask. Finally, we can talk man to man about sexual stuff that affected us and how this is affecting our lives, our parenting, our wives. And we do see, unfortunately, marriages that are being destroyed Mm -hmm. because Satan loves this addiction because he's really separating men and women. Uh, The women don't realize that they're not just battling their husband, but they're battling really the, 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 the unseen there is a, a demonic component to this, but not everybody wants to see it. Sexual addiction is very complicated, as you know, so I'm not going to preach here on the radio, but it could be a, it's a, it's like a drug addiction, so it could be a chemical addiction, but it could be also an emotional addiction. It could be also a demonic addiction. There's so many things. It's physical, it's emotional, it's mental. And you're never going to know which of this one is the one that's really affecting you until you get sobriety. Sobriety is really what is going to really help clear your mind and God and you're going to allow God to really work in your life more mm-hmm. so in a nutshell I think that's that's where I'm at right now I'm running that group now and um, any man is welcome thank God Revive 40 now we have many groups throughout the valley in fact I think this is the first and only organization that has groups that are specific for, for sex that are Christian by the way uh, Sex Anonymous obviously they exist too but that, that's a non-Christian outlet and they're trying they're doing good I'm sure but we are Christian specific to allow to help men to experience sobriety from porn and sexual addictions <clears throat> so what did the uh, the first six months of your journey look like because the first six months are pretty rough oh yes because you got to retrain your mind you're used to emotionally reacting in a certain way to situations in life the first six months as I know from personal experience and helping others is hard what did what did that look like for you terrible the first six months are the most difficult ones in fact when a brother is reaching 90 days three months of purity I have a tendency to, to pull him aside and say, hey, can I warn you about the next three months? <laughs> because uh, what I know from addictions, uh, from three to six months, that's the number one relapse. And unfortunately, many brothers can't even make it to a week. But we're working on that. You know, we're trying to help them, empower them so they can finally do it. But the ones that reach three months, I talk to them about the next three. Because just like the first six months that you're saying, those are the most difficult ones. 
And you know, Mike, thank you for asking this question because one of the things about my testimony, when I say I have been sober, I have, been, I have had purity for over 15 years, I want every man to hear this. It is absolutely possible to stop this behavior. Absolutely possible. If there's one thing I want to say on the radio for your show is, yes, it is absolutely possible to remain free, to have long-lasting, peaceful sobriety, and your life will change. It is possible. You don't have to just be sober for six months and then act out, or a year and then act out, or a week and then act out. You can be sober. And I don't know what future holds for me tomorrow, of course. I live one day at a time. But I'm committed. I'm already committed to continue with this. But I ask Jesus Christ every day in the morning, first thing, before, I, before my feet hit the ground, I ask, Lord Jesus, please help me to remain sober today. I cannot do this without you. And that, Mike, as short as that is, that is the shortest, most simple prayer that I have. And I have been saying that same prayer for 15 and a half years. Mm. And guess what? God is showing up. Every day, he's helping me. Yes, there are days that are very difficult, especially in the first six months. In fact, Mike, you know what? Reaching my year, my first year anniversary, I think I reached it like, oh, my gosh, I'm not going to make it. I was one day before the year. I was like, I'm not going to make it. I was, But I said, you know, one more day. I have to finish this one more day. I already asked God. He said he, he's going to be with me, and I barely made it. I celebrated my first year with oh, crying, excited, second year, third year. You know what, Mike? It does get easier. And I want my brothers to hear this too. There is light at the end of the tunnel. It is, you are absolutely right. I'm glad you asked that question. That's a God-given. Because yes, the first six months, the first year is the worst time. It's the most difficult time. And I want to keep telling this to my brothers. But it gets easier. I'm not saying it's a walk in the park. I'm not saying that as I'm walking here and I'm walking in Scottsdale, if I see a, a beautiful woman, I don't have to look away. Of course I have to look away. I have to still keep my thoughts pure. I have to look away. I have to not watch certain movies. I have to not do certain activities that will trigger me. I have to be careful. I am working on this. This is something I do because it helps me get closer to God and to serve Him better. You talked about asking men when the last time they looked at porn is and getting responses like, ah, maybe three months and not a big deal. And I'm I'm assuming from the churches you've mentioned that these are guys who are going to churches that teach God's word. Yes. So why is there a disconnect there? I don't know why, but I think, okay, maybe because we are so, it's so engraved in us as men that this is not a big deal. But I, I wish to know the actual why. I just know that there is a disconnect and it is happening. Good Christian men, they still don't see the problem. We're watching porn just eh, maybe once a year or once every three months. They don't see the problem. And sometimes I think that they believe that this is a sex battle. And I tell them this is more than just sexual. The sexual addiction is more than just sex. We're not battling our private parts. We're battling more than that. It, it, could, be se- it could be just a physical. Like we said, there's many... There's many stages to this, but it's more than just a physical sexual addiction. It's in the mind. It is also a a demonic thing. I I believe with all my heart that Satan does, you know, the fiery darts that the Bible talks about? Mm -hmm. Those are those thoughts. You can be at church worshiping and loving Jesus, and then all of a sudden a thought comes to your mind that is like, whoopee-doo, like huge sexual depravity, and you're like, okay. 
okay, where did this come from? Well, you know what? Shake your head, take that thought captive, move it away, and go back. You know, you have to because there, there are spiritual components to all this. Well, if we're, when we're seeing men who um, are not owning up to and facing sexual sin, part of it to me wonders if this is because even from our verse-by-verse teaching pulpits, we're not challenging people that you cannot go there and we're not equipping them on how to be overcomers in the sexual realm. What is your take on that? I think I agree with you. I, I do agree with you because sometimes we get too stuck into the verse-by-verse. Like you need to see the Bible as a whole too. It's not just verse-by-verse is great. Of course, I read it verse-by-verse. We all do. But it doesn't make sense that you're only going to focus on one verse without seeing the other verse that may help you understand better. And there are verses in the Bible that maybe it'll help you understand, but if you read the whole understanding, what is the real meaning behind it? You cannot just go, well, Jesus is going to forgive me for all my sins, present, past, and future. That's true. That's verse of a verse. He did say that. But does that make it right to watch porn and masturbate, to be cheating on your wife? Of course not. Paul will say we have freedom, but that, that freedom doesn't give us a permission to sin. So – well, and if your thing is verse by verse, but you're not going to hit a sexual topic for two or three years and where you are in the Bible, what, what does that mean? Does that mean Absolutely. we're not going to touch on the number one epidemic of sin in the church for two or three years? I could not agree with you more. And you're right. And this is an epidemic. And that's why we need to focus on this. Absolutely. I agree with you. We need to do better as a church. Um, the good news is we have groups now, Revive 40, for example. Any church can have a group. Any church can sponsor it. And if you are a pastor of a church and you don't want anything to do with us, you can just call us. You can just recommend us. We are recommended by a lot of counselors, and we send people to counseling too because sometimes they need to talk about something deeper, and maybe we need a professional counselor. So I sometimes tell my brothers, hey, you may need to go to a counselor. You may need to go and do this. And counselors send it to us. So we are working together. We are a team. Revive 40, me as a, as a representative right now of Revive 40, I'm here to say we're not competing with anybody. We want every man to experience sexual freedom, purity, sobriety, and we want to help you in any way you can. So if you walk into church Sunday morning, what should that message be from the pulpit? You know, definitely they should, at least, at least the church should have some sort of an outlet, like if I may say, for example, Calvary Church, all, all I needed, and, and Pastor Mark Martin, he's very good at this, by the way. He, he puts up services that are very powerful about this topic, so kudos to him. But in a very simple way, a church can have this on a daily basis in just their bulletin. Just a little, okay, these are the services that we offer. And by the way, we have this in case you need to. Because the Holy Spirit will convict people. The wife will see it. The wife will see, oh, maybe, oh, my gosh, maybe what my husband is doing is not right. Now she knows. And there has to be help available. Even if not every Sunday there's a service about it, the church should have a way to help people. That's what I think. We focus a lot on the wives because the wives often get left out. And this is not a man's issue by far because it devastates the wife's heart. Talk about for a minute how this you've seen that this affects the wife. Oh, the wives are they, – they receive the worst – imagine that's the worst thing that can happen to a wife. And by the way, Revive 40 also has a group for wives. Think of it like an Al-Anon in a way. So the wife is not the one that has the addiction. We understand that. 
but the wife needs to talk to other wives of men that have dealt with this. And uh, for example, Steve Wagner, he is the founding father of Revive 40. His wife talked to my wife within the first three to four months of my period when I started going to the group because I told Steve one day on a Wednesday, he says, how are you doing? He says, I'm doing great. But my wife is really still very angry. He says, well, she should talk to my wife. And guess what? Those two wives talked, and I don't know what she said to her, but it helped my wife understand a little something, something, something changed in my wife, and she had more patience with me. 30 seconds. Anything you want to say? Give us a call. Come to Revive 40. Come to any group of Revive 40. We have support for you and for your wife. All right. Well, thank you for joining us. And as you know, as our listeners, we also have groups and counseling in my books. So that's available too. And thank you for joining us. And we'll talk to you next time. Thank you. Do you want to be free? Blazing Grace is a nonprofit international ministry for the sexually broken and the spouse. Please visit us at blazinggrace.org for information on Mike Janung's books, groups, counseling, or to have Mike speak at your organization. You can email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call our office in Chandler, Arizona at 719-888-5144. Again, visit us at blazinggrace.org. Email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call the office at 719-888-5144.